You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Well, this is going to be a little bit different this morning. It's going to be interactive, meaning you are going to participate. Yes. Yes. In closing, that was it. That was your, that's your response right there. That was it right there. <laughs> no. Um, you, needless to say, this has been a pretty difficult season for a very small percentage of us. And, um, and it's affected us all in, I think, many different ways. And so you could wonder, what can we as believers, what can we as a church or as individuals do to promote healing and restoration as we recover from such a season as this? And one simple but profound thing that we can do is pray. And we do have some Old Testament promises, Second um, Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So that has been a very prominent verse of scripture I can remember over at least the last 30 years. But I think people get stuck when it comes to praying. How many of you could honestly say praying is a little bit of a mystery in some ways? Anybody out there? I mean, we got the, you could write down the definition, but how do you do it? How do you do it? What is there to it? And so What I wanted uh, to do today, well, first of all, Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. That's over in Matthew chapter 6, and we are not going to talk about the Lord's Prayer today. Um, And the reason is I have something else to talk about. But the Lord's Prayer is more than something everyone says together in unison you can actually break the segments down of the Lord's Prayer, and each section of it gives you a way to pray for your family, your nation, your kids, your neighborhood. So you can look at it, look at it that way, and it, it's, it really will help your prayer life, not just repeat that thing over and over and over. Um, but one thing I wanted to do today was look at how Paul prayed to give us some more insight, more encouragement to pray. And you may not realize this, but Paul gives us over 40 examples in the New Testament. I'm talking about Paul himself, 40 different examples of how, why, and who he prayed for. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to read a whole bunch of these. And we do have them on overheads. I have them broken down in basically six sections. And then after each section, between Donna and I, we wrote out some prayers. I want us to pray together. Everybody good with that? Yeah. Now, 
What I want you to think about before we start this is, would Paul ask for things he did not believe God would give him or us or that were unavailable? No. Thank you. Did someone say no? That's the right answer. Of course. Of course. And so this, in part, can um, ramp up our expectation for what God wants to do. But something, do you, how many of you know in the Christian life, a lot of the really good things don't happen automatically? Yeah, some things you may have to believe for, you may have to stand for. And I think Paul's whole life proves that. I mean, Paul was a miraculous, he was an amazing guy. One day he would have a miracle, the next day they would kill him and he'd have to almost be raised from the dead to get out of town in a basket. How do you put all those together? I don't know. I don't know. How do you fit together miracles and disasters? I don't know. I just think it's life. I believe, I'm not believing for both of them, but I know both of them happen. I'm really only believing for one of those two. I want to believe God to do the great things. But nevertheless, life's real. We have to realize that. But we're going to pray. So the first segment I'm calling being thankful for others and a couple of weeks ago, Shelly had a message called Thanksgiving is our dialect. And I have done a series on being thankful. And th- I don't know how to put it, but being thankful is essential, essential in the Christian life. And if you're not thankful, you're losing access to things God is willing to do, but it really, it really is a key. It really is a key. And we see it in Paul's life. For instance, in Romans one, verse uh, eight, here's what Paul says. First, somebody say that first word. First. So what does he do first? I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. First Corinthians one, verse four. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I wanted to mention this. I was taught the craziest prayer, and if you really, when I was a baby, a boy, a little child, and if you think about it, it's a little bit crazy, but it was, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, O Lord, my soul to keep. And here's the crazy part. If I should die before I wake, that's a, it never struck terror in my heart. I just thought this is what you, if I die before I wake, I pray, O Lord, my soul to take. And then I would bless mom, bless dad, bless Dick, it's my brother. Bless Bob, Uncle Bob. Bless Uncle Billy. Bless Aunt Mary. Bless Cousin Robert. I would go down the entire list of every relative I could think of until I was asleep. Go down to both sides of the family. They have no idea I did that, but that's what I was taught. I was giving thanks for those people in my orbit. And Paul says this over and over and over. He said there, 
I just read in Ephesians, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. How many of you in all sincerity and do not answer, just pay attention that you need to listen to this. How many of you, every time you pray, are giving thanks for people around you? It was a central part of Paul's life, and I think it is of ours. I bet a, I bet a bunch of us do that. Um, Philippians 1, 3 and 4. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always, in every prayer of mine, for you all, making my prayer with joy. Colossians 1, 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And 1 Thessalonians 1. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. And 2 Timothy 1.3. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Philemon Actually, it's just verse 4. I think there's only one chapter. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. So Paul's prayer life was immersed with thanksgiving. Over nine different times in his letters. I mean, you could call all that I've done so far in those verses redundant, couldn't you? But I wanted to make the point that this was key to Paul's prayer life. Was thanksgiving and for the people that he knew and loved and cared for. So over nine times, he thanks God for believers in each church he related to. But Paul did more than that. He prayed for all people with thanksgiving. And I think here's where the rubber meets the road because we're going to begin to realize that God has called us to pray for people we would rather um, criticize. And it's an essential part of our calling. And if, if you can't pray for these people I'm getting ready to mention, you, without me charging you, you most likely have an unrecognized area of bitterness that's doing them no harm, but certainly isn't helping you. Can you hear that? Everybody okay? Good. We're going to read two things both Paul said and Jesus said. And Jesus was more ruthless than Paul. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, and I don't have this up here, but it's a great verse. Paul says, therefore I exhort first of all, so that's the category Paul puts his next words in as something he encourages people to do. Second, no. Third, no. Last, no. First of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Please say that with me. Giving of thanks be made for all men, all people. It's what it means for everyone. For kings, now let me make a point here. The person Paul was praying for was later responsible for martyring him.
Does that register with you? Caesar had him killed. But what was Paul's attitude toward kings and all who are in authority? Pray for them with thanksgiving, supplications, prayers, intercessions. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be what? Saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now that's startling. I would think Paul was saying, Lord, don't bless Caesar. He's a bad person. But he wasn't saying that. He was saying the opposite. And I'm sure Paul took his emphasis from the teachings of Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus. These will stop us in our tracks. Matthew 5, 44 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was the common thought. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for, now the word for is there, not against. It's not pray against. It's pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Or why should we do that? Verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. These are characteristics of people who know God is their Father. Now, let me, let me make this. You're not asking God to bless people's ability to do evil. Obviously not. Obviously not. But we can ask God to make our enemies into our friends. And I've seen this happen. We can ask God to so touch people's lives that they'll stop being the way they are. Is that good? Yes. I think that's good. I think that's good. For God makes his son to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust, Etc. Etc. But here's what I want to review. Jesus said in verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. I believe this. There are people that actually curse other people. Here's what I believe that happens. What happens when you bless someone who curses you? The curses bounce off. But what happens when you curse people who curse you? There's an exchange. Both, I, I, this is what I believe, both people suffer. Because words are more than words. You know that old thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hate me. No, sticks and stones and words. So there's a way to defend yourself. Here's a way to defend yourself. Bless people, love people, be kind to people no matter how they treat you. Now, here's the problem. You're not very good at that. I'm not very good at that. But it identifies us, right? It shows us how much more we need to walk in the Spirit. So, um, 
that you may be children of your Father in heaven. So Jesus calls us to pray for people in all those different categories. Leaders, enemies, haters, users, persecutors. That's what we need to do. Now, I, I want to tell about an experience I had. For 12 years, I worked for a restaurant equipment company here in Charlotte before I was fully engaged in pastoring. And the two owners did not like each other. That's called partners. That's called business partners. <laughs> I'm sure that's not always true. Um, let's call them Jack and Henry, okay? Well, Henry hired me, so Jack didn't like me. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? I was for 12 years. And Jack made it known on a regular basis. Actually, it was probably a year and a half before they gave me a desk. I was selling restaurant equipment. I had a folding table with cardboard boxes that were cut out that my pens and papers and stuff were put in. And I shared a telephone for two years with the most obnoxious man I have ever known in my life. Wonder why the Lord would do that to me. He looked at me and he said, the father said to the son, we've got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> so they wouldn't give me a desk. They gave me a folding work table like the ones we sold. So I walk in one day and guess what happens? They have sold my table and my boxes are sitting on the floor. I did not rank high among part of the ownership. So that's just the way that worked. Now, people in the company knew I was a believer. I was a follower of Jesus. And at one point, now let me tell you about this guy. This is, this is the kind of guy he was. He scared everybody. And he was uh, very aggressive. He had been working for another restaurant equipment company in town and he had already made plans to leave and start this one with Henry. Okay, everybody follow me so long so far? So Jack, working for another company. The day he got his last commission check with that other company, he took the check, he stood up on his desk, and he danced an Irish jig and told them all to uh, depart for fair shores, and he quit. Now, that's the kind of guy I'm talking about. Everybody up to speed with this guy. I can remember one time I answered the phone, and someone had called, and they asked for Mr. McMillan. So I answered the phone, Mr. McMillan. Well, Boss Jack heard me call myself Mr. McMillan, and he got on the same extension I was on when I was talking to this person. And he said, Mr. McMillan, Mr. McMillan, why, I know the president of North Carolina National Bank. He doesn't even call himself Mr. And I said, yes. <laughs> now, I was on the line with my customer when he did that. Has anybody got any sympathy for me yet? Do you understand what's gone on in my life? <laughs> oh, me. So one day Jack got sick and he couldn't get well. And so I said, <laughs> I said to him, 
I didn't ever call him Jack, and I'm not going to tell you his last name, but I said, Mr. Blank, I've seen that you've been sick. I'd like to pray for you. He said, all right. Well, he didn't know I meant right then. (laughs) And so I prayed for him, and he was shocked. I didn't get fired, but he got well. He got well when the medicine hadn't worked, and, of course, he would never admit it had anything to do with me or God or anything else, but nevertheless. So about four or five years in with this company, I decided I was going to be a traveling evangelist, which meant quitting my job to serve the Lord full time, which I do not recommend anybody doing what I did. So I served the Lord full-time until I was broke. And I thought, I'm not begging for money. I'm not asking for money. If God's not meeting me, I can work and make a living. So I called this company that I had, you know, Jack and Henry's company, and I said, hey, listen, what, what, what did that second chronicle say? If my people will humble themselves. So... It was humiliating. Hey, I'm not preaching anymore. I'm going to go back to selling restaurant equipment with you or somebody in town. They said, don't call in because I could sell restaurant equipment. I was good at it. So I went back up there to work. And the first day I was working there when my good buddy Jack was there, he walked in and he saw me and he got down on one knee and did the That was my welcome back. Well, I was there a total of 12 years. And after 12 years, I went to work for a manufacturer's rep company that handled two states. And I had heard about Jack that his wife had been killed in a car accident. She was a beautiful woman, beautiful, beautiful woman. They'd been married many, many years. And I don't know why I bought a bag of oranges But I bought a bag of oranges and decided I was going to take Jack a bag of oranges. I don't know. And so when I took him these oranges, there he was in his house, and he welcomed me in, and we sat down and talked, and he told me, I'm going to a Bible study now with my son, I really appreciate the Lord. And then he he blessed me. He blessed me. I prayed for that man for probably 14, 15 years, and God touched his heart. That's, that's, That's what can happen. That really is what can happen. An adversary can become a friend. An enemy can become a believer. If we pray for these people with thanksgiving. There were times I was not thankful for him, but nevertheless. Okay, you ready for prayer number one? Do we have prayer number one up? Yes. All right, why don't we stand up and do this? We want to pray together. Lord, thank you for all believers all over this city and region.
we thank you for James and Tara Scott and the Exchange Church. Thank you for his influence in our city and for the work he's doing to feed hungry children in our region. Stop right there. Okay. Let's really get into this. Lord, bless him. Give him great provision to carry out what you've given him to do. We pray for our fellow believers at Freedom House, at Morningstar, at Forest Hill Church, at Moments of Hope Church, at Elevation, and all the other expressions of your church in our city. Father, we pray with thanksgiving for all our friends here at Queen City Church. Thank you for all those people. Let's thank the Lord for all those people. Just thank you. Well, some of them we don't even know, but you said to thank you for them. Okay, let's do the next part. We pray for the leaders of our nation, our president and vice president, the governors of North and South Carolina, and all the local representatives, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Father, we pray for those who consider themselves in some way as enemies or those who have used us or persecuted us. We thank you for all people, every person, and ask you to reveal yourself to them and open their hearts to your love. Open our hearts to see the value of every person in our world. Amen. Amen. You want to be seated? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you keep getting up. You feel like real church. <laughs> now, what I did was I have all these printed out, and I've got about 25 copies and um, they'll be on that short coffee table uh, after church, but I didn't want you to have them before. Because having been a salesman and having done sales meetings, I never provided material for any of the products I was representing until after I talked about them because they would all look through at everything else and they wouldn't listen to anything you said. So, live and learn, right? All right, number two. Paul prayed for wisdom and knowledge and hope. So what did he pray for? Wisdom, knowledge, hope. Ephesians 1.17. I'll read these and then we have another prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. That was Paul's prayer. Here's another one of his prayers in Colossians 1.9. Let me also say this. If you want to find these, all you have to do is Google Paul's prayers. I got these off of think.org, and you can have them all right there. But it's extraordinary to see how Paul prayed. So um, Colossians 1.9. And so from the day we heard... We have not ceased to pray for you, 
asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Oh, my. Ephesians 1.18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope, that you might know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Here's Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We... And the Lord has to prove this to me over and over in very embarrassing ways. We have what we need, but we haven't learned how to get in touch with what we need. Now, here's an example this morning, and this is so embarrassing. I jump in the car. I'm heading down here. I pull in to get me a sausage biscuit. And I just wanted cheese on it and a pack of mustard. It's weird. And I'm sitting in line, and I always put my wallet in my left pocket. Now, I'm almost to the interstate, and I don't have my wallet. So I pulled out a line. I didn't even tell them, Whatever whatever, turned around, went back home, ran upstairs, ran into my room, and could not find my wallet. Now, here's the problem. My wallet was in my back pocket. I never put my wallet. Well, that's obviously not true. I don't think I ever put my wallet in my back pocket because every traveling salesman knows that's where back trouble comes from. Big, thick wallet in the back pocket getting in and out of cars. Of course, everybody would understand that. And so I had something I didn't know I had, and because I didn't know I had it, I made choices and decisions I would not normally have made. Are you hearing this? Well, see, Paul is praying that we might see what it is we have. Oh, my. That was, that is, oh, my. This is how embarrassing this has been for me. I had a, a book in one hand, I had my briefcase in the other hand, and I could not find my car keys. And when I turned my head, my car keys hit me in the cheek. I had them in my mouth. <laughs> Has anybody around here do stupid things like that? I mean, I've done that once my whole life. I'm not, this is not daily. <laughs> but not only did I have What I didn't know I had, the key was in my mouth. You know what the gospel is? A gospel is a proclamation. You proclaim 
hidden realities until hidden realities are believed and the power of those realities are somehow encapsulated in the words that you've heard and change and transformation somehow occurs. It's a mystery. It's like throwing seed into a ground. It doesn't make any sense. That's what the kingdom's like. Okay. Paul prayed they'd be full of hope. This is Ephesians 1.18. I just read that. I want to read Romans 15.13. Now, this is so powerful. May the God of hope fill you oops, with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound. Let me read that again. Who's God? He's the God of hope. What are we asking the God of hope to do? Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So here's prayer number two. Why don't we stand up again? Father, we pray that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. We ask that you would fill us with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Lord, enlighten the eyes of our hearts to know the hope you have provided for us. God of hope, fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in you so that the power of the Holy Spirit may cause us to abound in hope. What do you think? Let's do that one again. There's too much in that not to take another lap, right? Take another drink of this. Father, we pray that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. All we're asking, that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Lord, enlighten the eyes of our hearts, our understanding to know the hope you have provided for us. God of hope, fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in you so that the power of the Holy Spirit may cause us to abound in hope. Woo, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Get your heart rate up. Because we got four more to go. How's our time? Okay, we're in good shape. What else did Paul pray for that we could pray for? Peace, unity, and love. Romans 15, 5 and 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together... Together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3. Now, oh my, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace 
at all times in every way. I want to read that again. Was that good? Now may the Lord of peace himself do what? Give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Ephesians 3.17. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Philippians 1.19. And it is my prayer that you, your love may abound more and more. You want to stand up again or you want to pray sitting down? Come on. Change your posture. Change your disposition. Hang on. Oh! I want to shout. I had a little shout coming up. I hadn't done much shouting around here, but that was... That was okay, thank you. Father, grant us... Listen to this prayer. Grant us to live in such harmony and peace with one another. It is up there. Not up there. Well, don't pray the wrong prayer. <laughs> you don't want to get blessed out of sync now. I don't know. <laughs> Give you a hernia. I don't know what that would do. But uh, <laughs> Father, grant us to live in such harmony and peace with one another that it would glorify you. Oh, Oh, gosh. Lord of peace, give us peace at all times in every way. Root us and ground us in love so that our love for you and others abound more and more. Ooh, you may be seated, but not for long. Whew. How many of you need some strength? Yeah. Strengthened with spiritual power. That's what Paul prayed for. We can pray for these things and God answer us. Did you realize that? I'm realizing this all over again. Ephesians 3.16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be what? Strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Wow. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. In Colossians 1, 11, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Prayer number four. How many believers do we have now? Are we, are we leaning into this? Leaning into it. Not much preaching, just the Bible. It's good. Lord, you have unlimited riches of power and grace. Enable us to be strengthened with your power in our inner being. Reveal to us the immeasurable greatness of your power 
as we trust in you. Strengthen us with all power according to your glorious mind. Where's your inner being? It's, if you put your hand on your stomach, it's behind you there, it's behind it somewhere. All right, do that. Stick your hand on your stomach. We're going to pray this again because we're asking God for a touch, right? Lord, you have unlimited riches of power and grace. Enable us to be strengthened with your power in our inner being. Reveal to us the immeasurable greatness of your power as we trust in you. Strengthen us with all power according to your glorious might. What else did Paul pray for? Righteousness and purity, Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be sure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Colossians 1.10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Here's a great verse. But we pray to God that you may not do wrong. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and what will he do? He will surely do it. Prayer number five. Uh Ha (laughs) ha. Lord, we pray that your love will continue to grow and abound in us, that our lives may demonstrate your most excellent way. Give us grace to walk in integrity, always mindful of living in a way that is pleasing to you. Lord, continue to sanctify our hearts and minds and keep us in your faithfulness. Amen. Number six, overflowing with praise and thanksgiving to God. Those are things Paul prayed for. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's a great word. Guess what God has done according to Colossians 1.12? He's qualified you. The moment you believed in Jesus, he qualified you. The moment you believed in Jesus, You were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. The moment you believed in Jesus, you became complete in Him. The moment you believed in Jesus, He raised you up and seated you in the heavenly places, high above every principality and power and every name that can be named, whether in this age 
or the age to come. The minute you believed in Jesus, he blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, all of these are Paul's understandings and prayers and concepts. But we have to lean into them. We have to participate. That's the relational part of being a believer in Jesus because it's both connected to Jesus and us in the Spirit and us in others. Okay. Colossians 1.12, I just read, he's qualified you. 2 Corinthians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has done what? Blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In 2 Corinthians 9.12, for the ministry of this service, which was talking about generosity, is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Keep your seat right now because I want us to get up one more time in a moment. But let's read this next prayer. Thank you, Father, for the rich inheritance you have made available to us in Christ. Thank you for your tender mercies and your compassion. Thank you for your gifts of provision and the ability to bless and help one another. So here's what I'm going to ask. Shelly, why don't you come up? Yes, I hated to interrupt your conversation, but... um, (laughs) No problem. And I want everybody to stand up for the last time for our closing prayer, which is an adaptation from Ephesians chapter 3. You want me to read it? Yes, I thought that. We didn't discuss it, but... No, this was not discussed. (laughs) Well, I guess it is. It's being discussed currently. Okay. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. And everybody's going to read it together? Yes. Is it up there? Yes. Grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might through your spirit in the inner man, Mm. that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Don't you love the Bible? Gosh, I love the Bible. The Bible loves you. (laughs) I mean, all the answers are in there. Did you not read all the scripture that he was reading? Wow. I don't know. Back up. 
back over to you. Go ahead, close her out. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're good. I love how practical this was. Don't y'all? Like, and, and actually, Robin's past several messages have been very practical. If you take this and work on it this week as your homework, it will change your life. It will change your life. If you take the um, blessing your enemies thing, me and my husband, after that message, we were, I was like, we're blessing our enemies. And we're going to bless them until we don't feel ugliness in our heart towards them. You know what I mean? And it, it does something to you. It's very practical. It's very useful for your life. And I love that. I love something practical that I can put into action in my life and see results. And, and it's so simple. You know, it's so simple. It's not something that's too hard to understand. You know, anybody can do it. So thank you, Robin, for giving us the practical and I do have all those prayers. I've got 25 copies out there, maybe one per family if you want them, but they're out there yeah. in the lobby. Take them. Take them home. Lord, thank you so much for this word. And thank you for reminding us how beautiful your scripture is and how useful it is to our lives. God, I pray that we would take this, this word to, to heart, that we would practice it and we, it would become part of us these words that we would believe them. They would not just be words, but we would believe them in our heart and that it would manifest in our lives. God, I thank you so much for this beautiful word. And I pray that you would bless each person here, help them to have a beautiful, glorious, uh, miracle week and bring us back here safely next week. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.